You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We are back in Gobble Gobble, Cluck Cluck. We are ready for a turkey day, or a turkey week edition anyway, of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. I am the somewhat capable host, not very rested. He is the purveyor, the owner, the operator of SportsMediaWatch.com, John Lewis, uh, who is telling me that he might have gotten more sleep than me, but that's not saying very much. We've both been traveling. A lot of people are traveling. Be safe on this holiday week. We hope we can provide you with a little entertainment, a little sports media talk uh, here. That's what John does. Uh, through his site, sportsmediawatch.com. That's what we do through the podcast. How are you, sir? Good to be back with you. I'm doing well. Uh, back from Boston and, uh, you know, ready for the uh, peace of the holiday season. Uh, let's hope there is some peace. There's definitely going to be some pieces of pie and pieces of turkey and ham and other things consumed. More on that in a little bit. Let's dive right in. There is a lot of different uh, news that we can cover from the NFL and the ratings boom that continues um, in particular, whenever the Dallas Cowboys are involved and the primetime games, as we're talking right now, I come off of having worked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night win over the New York Giants. We don't know what that number is going to be, at least for a day or so on ESPN. I would think it was probably pretty good. Certainly the Cowboys and Chiefs, more marquee in the Fox uh, America's Game of the Week uh, late window for Sunday. Let's, let's begin right there because we're going to be right back at it with Thanksgiving games that are coming up as well on the different networks, Fox, CBS, and NBC. But the NFL clearly still sustaining with the ratings. That's not surprising, John, including a big number for uh, Cowboys and Chiefs, as I mentioned. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Cowboys, Chiefs, uh, they got the most popular team in the NFL versus the most popular individual player. I mean, well, I guess Brady has a, a claim to that. 28.1 million viewers, most watched game of the season. Uh, trails, the uh, Buccaneers-Patriots game is the highest rated of the season. Uh, it had a 14.4 rating, and Buccaneers-Patriots had a 14.6. But in terms of viewership, which is the number that the networks uh, care more about nowadays, uh, Cowboys-Chiefs, 28.1 million. I mean, if you want to get technical, I mean, some of those viewers were watching Cardinals-Seahawks, right? So, you know, you never know, right? But uh, pretty safe assumption that uh, Cowboys Chiefs, which went to 93% of markets, was the driving force behind that number. And it's a great number. Most watched NFL game of the season and most watched NFL regular season game, I think, since 2019. 
uh, sometime late in the season in 2019. Yeah. Uh, actually, let me correct that. Most watched Sunday NFL game because as That's we right. all know, the Thanksgiving Day games are always the most watched. So even last season, none of the Sunday games came close, but the Thanksgiving game was over 30 million. All the more right. reason... Oh, sorry, but all the more reason why this is a very short-lived season I. It'll be surpassed in a couple of days. And that's a good point. That's why we have you here for all the reference points uh, that you can make on all these different games and what's going to happen. But we, we've said this time and again, uh, the Dallas Cowboys bring three, maybe four or five million extra eyeballs because of the hate factor, the love-hate factor there. So they're going to put Dallas in every time, every which way. Uh, on these games, including that Thanksgiving game coming later this week with the Raiders. We know it's going to be massively rated. Uh, NBC has got the Bills and the Saints. More on that in a couple of moments. But we, we know that Bills, uh, that, that Raiders-Cowboys game uh, in the late window, 4.30 Eastern time, 3.30 Central time, adjust your time zone accordingly. That's going to be a massive number. That's what you're saying. And the Cowboys bringing the extra eyeballs and the extra hate is a big part of that, John. Yeah, well, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, hate makes the world go round, right? It's a sad state of affairs. It's also true. Uh, and one of the only healthy ways that that manifests itself is in sports TV ratings, where you see people tune in for Duke, they tune in for LeBron, they tune in for the Cowboys, they tune in for the Lakers, the Yankees, you know, they don't tune in for just anybody. They tune in to watch people they don't like lose or people they really like win. But either way, the networks are fine. Very good on that. And uh, very interesting. So Drew Brees has been doing games with Mike Tirico for Notre Dame football. And now Mike Tirico and Drew Brees will do the Thursday night game with the Bills at the Saints. Um, it is not uncommon. Tony Romo doing a Dallas Cowboy game, you know, the first year that he was doing a CBS. If you're a, if you're a broadcaster recently having played for a team, you're eventually going to probably end up doing that team. Do you have any thoughts or educated guess on how Breeze will do in the Superdome analyzing the Saints one year removed from playing for Sean Payton and the Saints? Well, you know, what a shift in, in, in profile from doing these Notre Dame games that 15 people are watching to doing the primetime <laughs> Thanksgiving game. I mean, that's going to be a massive audience for what really amounts to Drew Brees making his TV debut, because I don't think these Notre Dame games count, right? And so the last time that they were actually able to play the Thanksgiving game in primetime, right? Remember last year was the ridiculous nonsense where it ended up being a Thursday or what was it a Wednesday afternoon game instead of Thanksgiving night so the last time they actually did it properly it was 21 million uh, for uh, Saints Falcons 21 million for that same matchup the previous year as well you know there'll be a lot of people watching I can't give an educated guess with Breeze because I have not been watching these Notre Dame games and like everybody else in America I don't watch football night in America I mean, I know the ratings say otherwise, but nobody's watching that, right? So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Uh, whenever I've seen him, he has seemed fairly bland and inoffensive, which, you know, does not really notable. Um, he certainly does not have what it does not appear to have what Romo has, which is this incredible charisma, right? He seems kind of, you know, 
like the the quiet student in the back of the room while Romo is sitting up front raising his hand on every single prompt you know Breeze is just sitting back there or if you teach by a zoom Breeze would be one of the students with their camera turned off <laughs> I don't know uh it's just I'll be intrigued to to see you know to see what's there what necessitated the hype surrounding him uh, it, it, one thing that has been put out there is that he's the apparent uh, thought right now as the heir apparent to Chris Collinsworth. I think you tweeted something maybe to that effect. Others have put that as well. So it's interesting. He's doing the Notre Dame games with Mike Tirico. I caught him during one of the early Notre Dame games. Who did they play? Was it like Toledo or Purdue? I caught him for a series or two when I've been traveling around on that. This is a totally different thing, though, because as you mentioned, there's going to probably be 25 million people watching this. It's his former team. A lot of these guys he played with for years that he's now going to be in position that if they screw up, he's got to say, Demario Davis screwed up and held that guy and shouldn't have done it, or this offensive lineman screwed up and shouldn't have held that guy. I'll be very curious how much is he in a position to criticize? Will he criticize? And then I believe they're also using him on the Sunday night broadcast for the Browns Ravens uh, along with Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico. I think it's a three-man booth if I saw that correctly where they're going to use them. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but they're kind of acclimating him too. I know it's at least Tirico and Collinsworth, but I mean, you're right. Breeze is getting a serious rep. A, re, a rep here um, uh, opportunity. Um, do you believe he will be critical at the right times? You said inoffensive as if, you know, stay back, speculate for me, John. You know, I mean, I think what NBC needs and wants is not for him to be critical, but for him to be authentic because you can go too far in the other direction and then you're being overly critical so that you can show off that you're, you know, independent. He just has to be himself. Now, what does being yourself mean when you're Drew Brees? It's a fascinating question, right? What do we even know about Drew Brees? You know, um, he, I don't know. I mean, the reason Romo works is because Romo is himself. You know, Romo is not trying to be anything. He's just who he is. Uh, and I'll be curious to see if, you know, who Drew Brees is, because I, I don't really, I, I will say this, uh, Chris Collinsworth is remarkably talented. A lot of people don't like him. Yeah, well, so what? People don't like a lot of folks. Drew, uh, Chris Collinsworth, you know, when NBC was first getting the NFL and Al Michaels, everyone forgets, Al had signed a deal to stay with ESPN for Monday Night Football. So he wasn't on the table. NBC was considering having Chris Collinsworth do the play-by-play alongside John Madden, right? Oh, I did not. I did not remember that. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, look, Chris Collinsworth is remarkably talented. So people may not like him, but you know what? People on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, eventually, eventually, people are going to wise up in positions of power and realize you don't have to listen to Jack Diddley squat anyone on Twitter has to say, right? Because you know maybe NBC's kind of being pushed in the direction of oh people may not like Collinsworth on Twitter so maybe you know I mean there's no need there's no need to even be pushing Al Michaels out but Al is at least 77 years old and Tariko is, is very talented there's definitely no need you know there should be no heir apparent to Collinsworth there shouldn't be you know right. I mean He's certainly good for another 10 years, at least at a high level, 
and I haven't seen anything from Drew Brees that indicates that he's on that level yet. I'll, I'll give one more peek, and you make a good point here, too, that Collinsworth has earned the right Emmy Award winning at the highest level there to decide how much longer he wants to do it. One more peek is when Drew Brees was on the Manning cast on the alternate broadcast of Monday Night Football we're talking about for the Saints-Seahawks game. There were a couple of times where I think unintentionally Peyton was just trying to get conversation going, and he said to Drew Brees, are these the same plays that you were running when you were quarterbacking the Saints? And Breeze did that awkward and kind of laughed and smiled and paused for a second or two like I'm searching for what I should say that doesn't get me in trouble. And he did it more than once. He did it probably three or four times because he asked him about Jameis Winston and seeing the field. And again, uh uh, and he sat there for a second. So I'll be curious if the Saints and the Saints have lost three games in a row going into this game Thursday, if they start to struggle are we going to hear, because we won't be able to see him, it's not a studio show, are we going to hear, uh, uh, and not and not speaking up? Or will he be authentic? Will he come forward with criticism? I'll be curious with that. And Tariko is at the highest level on being able to set the scene, set you up as the analyst, give me your opinion, and then is there an opinion there? That's what I'm curious about Thursday night. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't do much better than Tariko. Tariko sets you up for conversation. Tariko's a radio host, right? I mean, everyone forgets he used to do this show with Scott Van Pelt, right? Uh, so he knows how to how to try to draw stuff out of people. But there are people you can't draw anything out of as well. And we'll see uh, who reaches. Which it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. which it is for, for that. And by the way, I did not get to see the Manning cast because I was obviously working. They had Bill Parcells on at the beginning. Apparently, Kevin Hart was very good, busting on both of them as the comedian. Condoleezza Rice was also on board. And even Eli was kind of clapping back and smacking back at Peyton, apparently, too, from what I was heard uh, you know, on that. So the Manning cast continues to go along. But to your point, you've said this a few times previously on the podcast, that if you look at social media, you would think that the Manning cast is overtaking the main broadcast because social media is talking so much about it. Yet the ratings are what, John? Five, six, seven times better on the main broadcast still watching Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick. So that's where you've got to be careful of that pitfall, of that, of being of being hoodwinked. I'll use that word on the podcast this week into thinking that social media uh, must equal that the Manning cast has the same footing, the same audience that's there. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the fact is the Manning cast is doing great by the right. standard of what it is. I mean, it's a huge success, but obviously many more people uh, are, are watching Levy at Al. It's just that the amount of people who are choosing to go to ESPN2 over ESPN, I mean, that that is the thing, right? More so than, okay, yeah, more people are watching Levy, but... There's an unnatural number of people choosing to go out of their way and watch ESPN2. Nobody chooses to watch ESPN2, right? So the fact that people are choosing in, you know, seven figures to watch ESPN2 instead of the regular presentation is a big deal, I think. Yeah, and they've done a masterful job with mixing different guests from entertainment, different sports, personalities, and 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 Peyton Manning again is obviously a star at off the cuff, off the top of the head, quick wit, exactly what you're talking about with Romo of getting things out of those guests. It is entertaining TV to watch 
But a perfect example. All right. So I heard this this morning at the time we're taping the podcast from my wife. She was watching the Manning cast and she is much more obviously of a Buccaneer interested fan. And she said they don't keep up with the game enough to where I can know what's going on. So I had to switch it back over to Steve Levy to find out what happened there on that play. Why is it a penalty? Because they're they're busy talking to Condoleezza Rice about her golf game, literally instead of in that in that moment. So I understand why it's safe to say what 75% of who's watching that game, maybe 80% is wanting to watch the game broadcast to be engaged on the game. Yeah, well, I think probably the majority are just people who wandered over to Monday Night Football and are just used to going to regular ESPN. Then if you're talking about people who are actually making a decision, you have those who want the entertainment value and then those who just want the regular game broadcast. I, I would be curious what the breakout would be because I think the overwhelming majority is just, hey, Monday Night Football is on. It's on ESPN. I'm just going to go to ESPN, right? They wouldn't think to go to ESPN too. Very true on that. Voice of John Lewis, sportsmediawatch.com. By the way, I didn't do the reminder at the beginning, but I remind you here, whether you found us on a social media link, whether you found us through John's site, sportsmediawatch.com, make sure you are subscribed or following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us there. Subscribe everywhere else. Stitcher, uh, Google, uh, Spreaker, any podcast outlet, just search for sportsmediawatch.com podcast. You'll find us. We're out early in the week, even here on the holiday week for Thanksgiving. Yes, I promise we'll get to a little Thanksgiving with John before uh, we are done. Stay on the football topic, then I want to move to the NBA. Humongous Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game. That game in and of itself always has an audience. Again, it translates even in the South, the Northeast, wherever. We know this rivalry going back 50, 60 years to Bo Schimbeckler and Woody Hayes and those names. Now it's massively important for the Big Ten title. It's massively important for the winner to be in the college football playoff, potentially. It is the noon game for Fox on the big noon kickoff game where they've already been doing well this year with that audience. John, what do you anticipate audience-wise, et cetera, particularly if it's a good game and a close game with the high drama early Saturday? Well, you know, most watched game of the season seems pretty likely. You know, that's the way, I mean, first of all, you know, as well as college football is done, no game has had 10 million viewers yet. So easily Michigan-Ohio State will, will, will be the most watched game of the season. You know, maybe the Iron Bowl will challenge if, if Alabama is getting, you know, uh, a real fight from Auburn. But, uh, you know, it'll do well. Uh, they didn't play it last year. The Big Ten rather stupidly uh, scheduled it for December 12th. Uh, just one of the many terrible decisions the Big Ten made last year. Uh, and uh, so by the time they actually got there, yeah, I still can't believe all of that business that Big Ten did last year. Oh, we're going to be super responsible. We're not going to play football. And then, okay, we will play football, but because we're brilliant at what we do, we're going to schedule it for the time when everybody said COVID would be at the peak, right? Everybody, the Keep sensible preaching. move. Keep preaching. Right. Keep preaching. The sensible move would have been to move the season up. And of course, they didn't do that. They had this ridiculous mini season nonsense that was scheduled for the absolute winter peak of the virus. So, you know, anyway, water under the bridge. I'm with you, including including we're going to make everybody play six Big Ten games to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game, except if it's Ohio State. And now we're going to meet and change that rule and put them in despite only playing five games, not play the Michigan game, which would have been the sixth game. 
was crazy. So, yes, oh. they will have that rivalry game uh, this weekend. We'll see how it does. Auburn, Alabama is the CBS 330 game. And I'm not even sure as, uh, off the top of my head what the primetime games are, but it is a, a big rivalry weekend across the board for all the different games but clearly those are the those are the two that i think oklahoma oklahoma state is another one that has a uh, great bearing on the college football playoff but it doesn't resonate the same way as michigan ohio state or if alabama's involved or if notre dame as a brand name is involved what is it notre dame stanford this weekend it doesn't resonate the same way for oklahoma oklahoma state in the region yes that's a big deal in the southwest and in oklahoma but I, I, that that game's not going to do the, what Ohio State Michigan's going to do at uh, at noon. I well, don't forget, that understand that. You know, don't forget the really big game coming up, FSU Florida. <laughs> yes. Well, believe me, I'm in the Sunshine State, and there are a lot of people that care about that game. But they're putting that one right up at noon against. I know what you're saying with the sarcasm with Ohio State and Michigan, uh, and Florida's already fired the coach. This is the third time because they didn't play last year in the COVID crazy 2020. The SEC said no out of conference games. So they didn't play for the first time in 70 plus years last year. But this is the third time now in a row that the game involves an interim coach because Florida fired Dan Mullen earlier in the week. Again, in this state where I am in, a lot of people think I'm in the state of confusion, John Lewis, in the state where I'm in. They care greatly about this game no matter what. They'll be watching that one. And it's no different than Oregon, Oregon State. It's no different than USC and UCLA was last week. If it's a, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, if it is in your state and in your area, you're going to care greatly about that. And uh, I was just before we came on, I was just texting. I have friends in Indianapolis. They are Gators. And I said, what time is the game? And they said, noon. And I said, okay, I will talk to you after four or five or six, depending on how they do, when I get to Indianapolis with the Buccaneers, because they're going to be locked in even in freezing cold Indy on Florida, Florida State. The rivalries just mean that much. Any more thought on college uh, football before we move on, or are we good? I think we're probably good. You know, rivalry weekend is always great, um, you know, uh, and uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, let's uh, – Keep fingers crossed that the games are played, right? You know, you never know. Let's hope so. Let's hope Cal, so. Cal is certainly operating in a 2020 mindset, and hopefully they're the only ones. But uh, you, you just keep your fingers crossed, and we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge and see what the ratings look like, assuming that Fox doesn't get saddled with Utah, Colorado in that slot <laughs> like they did last year. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of make it up as you go along with these yeah. rivalry games. Let's move on to the NBA. I know one of the things that you want to talk about is all the coverage in and around LeBron James controversy off the court uh, with Enos Cantor, uh, one of the players in the NBA who's been very outspoken uh, politically about his home country in Turkey outspoken about the communist regime in China, critical of LeBron James. LeBron was asked about it post-game after a game. He was critical right back at Enos Cantor. And then we have the incident on the floor Sunday night where I do not believe, I think anybody would sense that watch this, that was not an intentional blow uh, to the uh, Detroit Pistons player on the foul line uh, as they were trying to block each other out. Is it Isaiah Stewart? Do I have that right yeah. with my brain cells here? I don't think there was malicious intent there. He was not intentionally trying to elbow him or hit him, but he cut him. And then it, it created a whole hullabaloo. Now LeBron has been suspended for a game. John, what about the firestorm around LeBron? One of the lightning rods, one of the go-to guys to watch in the NBA. What do you want to say about all this? 
Well, isn't it interesting, you know, uh, it's always LeBron, isn't it? And uh, it, I, I don't think I've ever seen a player without any actual rap sheet as hated as LeBron is. I got to tell you, I've never seen a player hated so much by one political party. Uh, you know, uh, it was interesting because around the time of the uh, fight the other night against Detroit, some pretty serious stuff was going on, uh, some pretty tragic stuff was going on in, in Wisconsin. It was like right. right at the same time. So I'm on my Twitter feed, you know, uh, going and looking at some of the more political accounts. And, you know, I tend to do a little bit of heterodox stuff, right? I'm not just looking at, you know, Chris Hayes or anything. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of different a lot of different points of view. And so I'm reading, you know, a few conservative voices here or there on Twitter and, in, you know, for information about this tragedy that's unfolding. And I'm seeing tweets about LeBron in Detroit, which was just really weird to me because I've been reading a lot of political people on Twitter for a long time. They don't talk about sports that much. It's very rare when, you know, you know they're, they're talking about sports like the level of dislike that these guys on the conservative side of the spectrum have for LeBron is such that they're paying attention to November NBA. That's right. That's unbelievable. You have people who never really tweet about sports. They're paying attention to November NBA. You know, as far as the Enos Cantor thing goes, it's a very interesting thing because my true belief is that if LeBron James had never advocated for any of the social justice causes that he advocates for, that nobody would care even one iota about his relationship with China. Now, LeBron's relationship with China is gross, right? The NBA's relationship with China is gross. Everyone's relationship with China is gross, right? In terms of this is a country that is engaging in a lot of very terrible things. We see it with Peng Shui, the tennis player, right? I mean, it's... I mean, it's so difficult because, you know, you don't want to slip into xenophobia. You don't want to start saying things about a country that, you know, and, and getting into that ignorant space, especially when you're talking about, you know, a country that obviously we know there were some issues where people were seeming to target Asian Americans. And then, you know, you don't want to you don't want to do anything that kind of goes in that direction. The fact of the matter is. 20, 30, 40 years from now, we might be looking at people's relationship with China the way that we look at, you know, people who were doing business with like Volkswagen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it, it's going to look bad. There's a lot. Right, of let's people... interject a couple things. The tennis right. player Ping Shui, if I have the name right, so that fans know what we're talking about. If you're not aware here on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast, because not everybody follows tennis and maybe not everybody follows the story or knows what we're talking about. Uh, there was growing concern because she put a social media post out in communist-controlled China now about a Chinese high-ranking official having sexually assaulted her. Hello. That's not th – I mean, that is obviously bombshell stuff. That's something that's not going to go over well. So the tweet was removed, and now she's been removed from the public limelight, and this is a fairly famous – tennis player in the world of doubles a former grand slam champion a former olympian representing china and her cohorts her fellow players on the women's tennis association the women's tennis tour began to fear for her safety saying we cannot contact her we don't know where she is this has happened to others of prominence that have spoken out where they disappear where they do they go to exile do they go to a prison what has happened 
And so as the story has evolved, uh, she is, I guess, surfaced in a video, which there's some debate. Was that video recent? Is that video older? She supposedly spoke. How did this happen, John? She spoke with the International Olympic Committee chairman. Help me with whoever that is. How did he get the first contact with her? I don't know about that. He supposedly spoke to her, says she's okay. There's a lot of controversy here, and it ties back into the whole relationship with China with all of sports, Chinese money. So I just wanted to clarify that real quick on the podcast. Yeah, and you know, look, the IOC obviously is giving China a second Olympics in 15 years. That's rare. Two Olympics in 15 years? The U.S. had two and seven, right? But the United States, obviously, you know, it's a different kind of story. Um, You know, so, but again, that comes down to it's fascinating that LeBron is being so identified with China when the entire industry is tied up with China, right? Uh, And, uh, you know, again, I think that has to do more so with LeBron talking about police brutality issues uh, than anything. Conservatives have really, really started to hate LeBron, man. Because, you know, I mean, look, and and I'm not going to sit down and pretend that LeBron hasn't occasionally used his bully pulpit in ways that were unproductive, right? He shouldn't have tweeted that thing about the cop in Columbus. I understand 100% Mm -hmm. where he was coming from. I understand why he felt that kind of anger. But, you know, you have to do yourself a favor let the details come out and then once you know what happened you speak out about it right yeah i understand why he felt the way he did in the moment that's why you don't tweet in the moment you and and lebron james is lebron james more than anybody he should be following social media best practices so you know i i won't say that conservatives were being unreasonable to dislike lebron's tweet about the cop in columbus um I I think LeBron's tweet about the Kyle Rittenhouse tears the other day was maybe a little bit beneath him. Um, Certainly, he's not alone on that. A lot of people found those tears to be, you know, inauthentic. But, uh, you know, I did think, you know, there are certain, I would put it this way. Snarky tweets are not necessarily the same thing as activism, right? Uh, And and that's why so many Not even close. I agree. And that's why so many people do the snarky tweet. It's a heck of a lot easier. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think there were, I don't remember there being a ton of snark by Dr. King or John Lewis or Rosa Parks. I don't remember them <laughs> snarking uh, and making snarky jokes. Um, so, all of that being said, I'm not going to say that it's completely unreasonable for conservatives to dislike LeBron the way that they do, but it's over the top and kind of pathetic a little bit just how much they dislike him well we know what the truth is you and i know what the truth is it's a talking point that draws in an audience it's a topic that draws in an audience and that's the reason why it's continually brought up to draw people in it's all part of you know that i know that i think most of the people that are listening to this podcast know and understand that mentioning that name mentioning lebron james and and bringing it into a political context you you made the best comment about all of it when you said why do they care so much about an nba basketball player in november it's because it's trying to draw people into them right now that would not normally care about watching their political takes or their political show it's uh it's kind of a 
it's almost a given and it's almost something that at this point we can dismiss oh they're talking about it again you don't have something different or original in the political sphere to talk about besides an nba player and what his thoughts or his stances are i i agree with you i agree with yeah. you on uh, on that anything else well as far as enos Cantor goes i don't know what enos's politics are and obviously you know i mean he's He's got, he's probably on wanted posters in Turkey. So his situation is very different, but I would say, I feel like Enos is going after LeBron is motivated by his personal issue with LeBron more so than anything, because like, this is a whole NBA. If, I mean, look, I'm, if you want to really, really show that this is about the issue, you're not wearing shoes that are criticizing LeBron James. You're wearing shoes that are criticizing Adam Silver. If you really want to show me that it's about more than just, you know, your personal issue with LeBron and right. Enos and LeBron, they're rivals. They don't like each other in a basketball sense. So if you want to show me that it's more about just your personal rivalry with LeBron, you're going to wear shoes that are calling Adam. You're going to have Adam Silver wearing the crown from uh, from from G. You know what I was thinking of when you were saying that, and I'm dating myself a little bit. I'm a little older than you. I'm thinking of Jim McMahon and all the problems he had with Pete Rozelle, the commissioner of the Chicago Bears, being fined over and over again, being fined for wearing a headband that, that had advertising on it. So what did he do, John? This is very famous in all the documentaries about the Bears. He put a headband around his neck that was visible the entire time with the word, the name, Roselle. He was almost mocking that, hey, you're trying to find me for the headband. You want to find me for wearing a headband around my neck that everybody can see on every play when they're showing me that says Roselle. That's, uh, it's very similar. It's not the same thing, but it's similar to what you're saying. If you want to really go after it, go after Adam Silver for the practices. But how long would that last? How long would anybody show it on an NBA broadcast? How long before he's indefinitely suspended for doing it for a game? I mean, this is 2021. We know what right. those but, realities you know, are as well. I mean, again, we, you know, Enos deserves a lot of credit for what he's done in terms of Turkey. But I, as far as the going after LeBron, I don't see that as being a particularly brave stance. I don't. If you want to show me that you're risking your career going after someone, you're going after your boss. You're not going after some player you already dislike for all these other reasons. Uh, and, you know, beyond anything else, it just comes back to, why is LeBron getting this heat individually? And again, I think it just comes down to LeBron talks about issues affecting, you know, social justice and talks about police brutality. And I think it gives me pause, even though the criticism of LeBron's relationship with China is justified, Jordan is not getting the criticism. And you want to know why Jordan's not getting the criticism beyond the fact that he's not in the league anymore. We know that Jordan is still one of the most famous basketball players in the world, retired or not. He's not getting the criticism because he doesn't talk about police brutality. That's right? right. So, you know, if that's why you're going after LeBron, even if your reasons for going after LeBron are legit, if you're going after him because you want him to shut up about what's happening with black people in this country, then I you know, I'm not going to support that, right? Um, it does come down to LeBron's life would be 10 times easier in terms of his public perception if he did not talk about issues regarding police brutality. And 
Maybe that's what he should do. Maybe he should shut up and dribble. It would improve his image dramatically. He would have dramatically fewer people coming after him. Uh, he would, nobody would scrutinize his relationship with China at all. Isn't that amazing? If LeBron shut up and dribble, or excuse me, shut up and dribbled, nobody would care about his relationship with China. But at this at this point, he's what, 19 years in the league, won championships, obviously, with three different franchises. That's amazing to say with the Heat, the Cavaliers, and the Lakers. He's made hundreds and hundreds. Is he up to a billion dollars in on-court and off-the-court uh, endorsement money and, and player salary? I would think yes. At, th- at this point, he's been interviewed a gazillion times on all different subjects. I, I don't think it matters anymore if he talks politics, doesn't talk politics, because that's gone on. Uh, he's lived a long, full NBA life at this point, too. And he's just the latest face of the NBA, the latest, you know, and he'll be the face of the NBA maybe a couple more years, two or three more years. And then somebody else is going to have to be the face of the NBA, whoever that is when it comes around. That's just my thought on what you're saying about why there's so much attention on him. He's just been the guy for this amount of time, and he has chosen to be outspoken from time to time yeah and you know again if he if he didn't talk about these issues nobody would care and i i just you know i guess you could say he's brought it on himself but i i i've always found let me put it let me put it in this context get your thought this is your podcast daryl morley was the gm of the houston rockets he brought it up about china and horrible conditions and what are we doing playing games there and why are we doing this and what happened to daryl morley when he brought it up from the league as one of the guys working for a franchise what happened to him when he brought his opinion up and and for those that don't know the answer he was run out on a rail silenced and run out for speaking up the same way on this issue so a lot of times it depends on who it is right as well In the in the case of Maury, you know, he is still in the NBA working for the Sixers. Um, I would say that he probably didn't do himself any favors in Houston saying that we know the Rockets because if Yao had a big Chinese, you know, mm-hmm. fan base and that's gone. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think again, that just gets to why are you having this relationship with a country that's going to lose its, you know, or, or a country's leadership that's going to lose its mind if someone, and by the way, Maury wasn't exactly saying brave things. He tweeted out, like, stand with Hong Kong. That's that's it. And that's like, I mean, honestly, I got to be real. The level of bravery there is not high. It's just that right. the Chinese government is so overreactive that even the weakest possible advocacy and that qualifies. Uh, even the weakest possible advocacy is a step too far for them. So, you know, Maury is certainly no, you know, no freedom fighter. That is for certain. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, frankly, even LeBron isn't that much of a freedom fighter. I mean, I'll be completely real. It's only the case that we have such little tolerance for people speaking out about social issues that LeBron's not really that impressive level of advocacy has created this much backlash because he's not Ali. He's not. I was just, you read my mind. I was going to go there with my next sentence, John Lewis, that Muhammad Ali was being vilified in the late sixties by people uh, that didn't want him to fight anymore. Didn't have his, didn't want to have his living the whole, the whole bit because he was willing to take a stance 
against the Vietnam War, and it did cost him in his boxing career. It cost him over three years in the prime of his boxing career, but people wanted him to shut up and box or shut up and go away for all the outspokenness, but Ali actually lived it to his own detriment. That's a difference, difference in LeBron James or any other current player speaking up and having it cost them their career and cost them their income. That's what happened to Muhammad Ali when you go back and study history. I do know this. We've got to move on off of this subject, and let's do that right now. Love it or leave it. Back again by popular demand. It is Thanksgiving week. Uh, I have not gotten into this with you specifically about food. Turkey and ham. Either one love it, either one leave it for Thanksgiving later this week as we release the podcast. Well, you know, you got to say love it, right? What else do you eat over Thanksgiving? Turkey and ham. Haven't done my shopping yet. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. I don't know. You got to uh, get there. You got to get it. The food shortage could be coming on, exactly. on Thursday yeah. as uh, on Wednesday comes to Wednesday night and Thursday, you got to have food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I've been all over these uh, major cities this month eating in restaurants. So it's not the end of the world if, uh, if I have to have a light Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, ham is always great. You got to get good ham, though. None of this ridiculous, salty nonsense where all you're tasting is the salt. No, no. I, I got to have the, the sugar and the curated and the, the different type. Yeah, right. right I don't right. mind the sugar. I, I do mind the salt. The salt, right? the okay. salt is too much. Uh, you you want to have a nice, moist turkey. You don't want it to be too dry, you know, uh, and uh, stuffing is good. Although stuffing, I guess you got to get the cauliflower based stuffing, right? Not the bread based, you know, for the health. I don't know. I'm a bread based guy. You got to do run some extra laps. And I've run turkey trots in the morning, the 5K races to then load up. I got to have some carbs in my stuffing. I got to have the breading. Yeah. You can go the cauliflower base if you would like. Yeah, so. cauliflower based is probably safer. And uh, then, you know, you want to get your series of pies. Uh, right, let's get into pie. that. Love it for me is pecan pie. Leave it pecan pie or love it for you on pecan pie. I mean, pecan, I, I don't need it. I, I, I haven't had a pecan Pump, pie. In a long time. Okay, pumpkin pie. Love it or leave it. I like, love, I like yeah, I like you pumpkin would love pie. that yeah. more so. And a lot of people do apple pie. I'm not as big apple on pies. apple pie for Thanksgiving. I'm not as big on, but right. some do. I guess yeah. with uh, lemon meringue, with lemon, lemon meringue. meringue. I'm not a big meringue fan, but yeah, lemon meringue would also go. All right. So enough on the food. Another subject. Love it or leave it. Dick Vitale is, in fact, back this week doing college basketball, including as we release the podcast uh, scheduled. To, I should I should disclaim it this way. Scheduled to work with his health, his travel. He's been undergoing chemotherapy. He's 82 years old. Dick traveled to Las Vegas, scheduled to work Gonzaga UCLA Tuesday night and continue to work some college basketball on scene. John, we had talked last week. Would he do it remotely, maybe from his home in Sarasota, Florida, where he worked a lot of the games a year ago remotely for ESPN? He's back traveling. I say love it on that. I know I know a lot of people are anti vital. Here we go again with the lightning rod of what people don't like. I think we're both love it, though, right now on Dickie V being back. Well, you'd have to be kind of a monster to say leave it to Dickie V managing to go call these games in between, you know, chemotherapy at 82, 83 years old. It's uh, clearly a labor of love that he uh, gets a lot out of. And, you know, if you find yourself, if you don't like the Dickie V dick, if you don't like the, you know, I mean, get over it, right? He's not doing the national championship game. He's doing Gonzaga UCLA in November, which 36 people are going to be watching, even though it's number one versus number two. 
So, and you talk about the growth of the sport again in the 1980s, in particular on ESPN. This was the Pied Piper, the carnival barker, Dick Vitale, that helped build that. A lot of people don't realize and remember that from 30 years ago, 35 years ago, uh, that he was and is. Couple more, real quick. Love it or leave it. It will be on in my house, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It is on TV. It's part of sports media, I guess, sort of because it leads into football. Love it or leave it. Watching. Nah, I'm never watching that. Never watching. Leave it. it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about I, the dog uh, I went shows to the after? Dog shows after? Uh, no. Never watch leave that. that as well. Don't watch yeah. the dog shows. No, absolutely. Even though John O'Hurley is a great, great MC on that, as Peterman from Seinfeld with all this stuff. Oh, this dog is just fabulous. <laughs> you know, John O'Hurley. Uh, he was uh, Steve Harvey's immediate predecessor on Family Feud. Mm-hmm. He was trying to bring back all that touchy-feely stuff that uh, Richard Dawson used to do. Like, I mean, you're watching 2010 episodes of Family Feud, and he's like, we're a little bit too close to the ladies. And you're like, well, right. know, this is this is pre the social <laughs> changes that we've seen over the past decade, but I'm still a little bit, I don't know. Here's the thing about John O'Hurley, right? He is Peterman. I mean, like, Patrick Warburton isn't necessarily just putty. He's also right. Joe right. on Family Guy. He's also right. Brock on Venture Brothers and all these other characters. You know, obviously Brian Cranston is definitely not just a dentist, right? He's moved yes, on yes. from just being the dentist on Seinfeld. If we're talking about recurring Seinfeld guys, Sean O'Hurley is just Peterman. There's, there's nothing else there. I saw him on a living single once. He was Peterman there, and he hadn't even started playing Peterman yet sure. at that point. It's kind of so. like Norm from Cheers. George Wynn is always going to be Norm, even though he did other stuff. He's he, it just, yeah, I, but it's a good point. And Peterman, Peterman, by the way, stage actor, very funny guy. I've interviewed him, and he's a big golfer. And guess what? His wife is a better golfer than him on the celebrity golf circuit. She takes it more seriously or did years ago. So that was always an interesting dynamic, very humbling for him, very ego uh, on that about uh the golf game i think we've done enough damage on this week's edition anything else in closing on a thanksgiving week edition of the sportsmediawatch.com podcast anything else real quick yes i would advise all the conservatives out there to just stop caring about lebron so much i mean my goodness gracious just find something else i mean i know you don't care about november basketball i know you don't most people don't all right. I don't know the standings. They can't tell you anybody else exactly. on LeBron's team with the Lakers. Exactly. Just focus doing? on, you know, if you're looking for some culture war thing to focus on, I don't know, you can comment on how bad Saturday Night Live is every weekend. I'll probably agree with you. <laughs> that's hey, that's a good place to leave it, speaking of, of leaving it. John, I always love being with you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Everybody be safe with the travel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll be back and we'll do this again soon. Thank you, sir. Hey, have a great holiday. And everybody do the same. Again, subscribe, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Read the site, sportsmediawatch.com. For John Lewis, I'm TJ Reeves. Happy Thanksgiving. Even if John's not watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, he is watching the football and much more. We'll we'll talk about it at a later date on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.